0: It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers.
1: Ears up!
0: Terran Stinks.
2: (laughs) That's not what it is!
0: Terran Stinks.
2: It's ruined Terran
0: Stinks
2: <laughs> uh.
0: Terran Stinks <laughs> Hey everybody This is not the Terran Stinks show This is ears up And you know, true to form We're just clowning on Terran a little bit
2: Weird Have a little fun That never happens
0: it it doesn't, which is uh, you know good for you because Terran stinks.
2: stinks. I didn't even stinks. want to talk about Terran stinks this episode because I didn't have any, yeah. and now that's that's literally all we've talked about for that's a minute thirty. In
0: and of itself, a Terran stinks. <laughs> it's true. That's so
2: funny. Hold on, I need to go drink some tea and think.
0: Okay. What? I don't know. know It was supposed to be a good joke, and it didn't work. (laughs) You're right. Uh, Thanks again for joining us, everybody. We have a really good show for you. It is part two of Taryn's History of the Walt Disney Company. Yes. We're excited about that. And then we have another window on Main Street from Bev. Yep. Uh, But before we do that, uh, if you're not following us on social media, you should. Because, you know, we're fun, and and people like us, I think. Uh, If you have feedback on the show, that goes to uh, Taryn, T-A-R-E-N. Send compliments to Terrence. You can say hi, hi to Bev. Anything else comes to me, Jason, and it's all at earsup-podcast.com. Uh, don't forget to check out yeah, the blog. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, support us. Uh, go to the website, uh, the Amazon link. If you do any Amazon shopping, which more and more I've been doing a lot of Amazon shopping. So uh, Everyone does, I think, right? That's kind of the new way to shop. I don't want to go to the store. I, I'll wait a day and then get it. And then get it shipped to me. I don't want to, you know, put up with stores. Anyway, we have an Amazon link. So you click on the link first and do all your shopping. Uh, actually, you click on the link and then bookmark it. And that's your, you know, bookmark. Stop typing in Amazon. No one wants to type things anymore. Um, and it helps us a little bit. We get a little referral cash and, and it helps keep the studio alive. So uh, that's cool for us. And then uh, you can also sign up to be a recurring donor. Or you can donate one time if you want to give us 10 bucks Because this is our 61st show. And if you've been listening since show one and you haven't donated anything or shopped on our Amazon link or bought a churro shirt or a pair of coveyors, what are you doing, man? I mean, come on. What are you, a millennial? Everything's free now? (laughs) What, are you voting for Bernie Sanders? I don't know. Um... That was a joke. I don't even know what it means, but I thought it would be funny. Um, you can also go to getcoviers.com and buy some coviers or churro shirts. They're also on coviers right now. Getcoviers.com. Uh, our friend who designed the shirt, Lulu, uh, she has a, uh, little sad beer bottle on tpublic.com. So you go to tpublic.com and search beer me. Well, apparently my, uh, cellular uh. telephone wasn't turned down all the way.
2: Nope. I feel yeah, like you should have Warren, to read that out loud.
0: It, it's Warren complaining because someone didn't get his name right in the article or something. Like. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, dirty. that's us. Uh, uh, Taryn, I almost called yeah. you Warren. Let's get in some feedback, Ugh. please.
2: Uh, this this one is from Mark. Dear ears up cast. That's a, us. Yes, that is. Uh, during a recent visit to the parks, my wife and I discovered that the railroad and the Mark tr- Mark Twain being shut down is not is not all bad. Um, I hadn't thought about it, but the engineers and operators were not just laid off for two years while Star Wars Land is being built. Instead, they are at attraction um, at the attractions, ready to share stories and history. At the Main Street Station, the Lily uh, the Lily Bell is on display, as well as one of the as well as one of five locomotives, uh, which are rotated out weech- weekly. Wow! Uh, next time you're at the park, <laughs> seek out Engineer Mike. He's amazing and would be perfect for the show. For a show about the history of the Disneyland Railroad, he told us uh, history, facts, and fun stories about working on the railroad during his 19,000 Grand Circle tours.
0: Wow. Wow! uh Whoa. they uh, he,
2: they say uh, we spent about 45 minutes talking to him and the whole time i'm thinking we should record this for ears up
0: <laughs> you should well hey next <laughs> time we're at the park get his contact information i'd love to i'd love to interview him
2: yeah that'd be great they've got sounds like they've got time yeah. um one of the fun facts he pointed out is that the lily bell is put away during rainy days because she leaks he pointed uh, out the rotting wood on her top uh the new orleans uh The New Orleans uh, Square train station is open as well, and you can cross the tracks to the Telegraph Station. I
0: nice. saw that, and and it was open when we were there at the oh, parks, really? and I I didn't know that you could do that, or else we would have totally been that's there. Awesome! Yeah, um, I knew they were telling stories, and you could like go up to the train, but I kind of forgot. But if if I knew that, yeah, that would have totally done. That's really that. cool. Yeah.
2: Um, at the Mark Twain, just ask and you will be given a private tour of the boat, including the wheelhouse. And despite it being docked, you can still get your pirate your pilot certificate.
0: Oh, wow. That's cool. Nice.
2: Uh, thanks again for the fun and entertaining show, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Awesome.
0: That's great, Mark. Uh, I have a
2: whole show to do. I need to get my tongue working. <laughs> yeah, you all right? <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, just, uh, right. I don't know. It's Sorry. late.
0: Look, it's late, man. What are you going to do? Uh, are you ready? You want us to kill some time?
3: I just okay. i to say something real quick. It's funny cuz she's trying to get get loose yeah. and every one every second, every couple seconds, she just kind of sticks her tongue out like a lizard. <laughs> so she just
2: <laughs>
3: every couple seconds. Yeah.
2: She has tongue to rest. I just yeah, I feel like I feel like my tongue's too big for my mouth right now.
0: That's <laughs> swollen. Uh oh. well, Taryn, you yes, go ahead.
2: I Oh shoot, I have a I have a
4: clip for you to play. Oh,
0: you didn't email it to me. I
4: know. Go ahead and do it now. Okay. Right. Well, while you're emailing him, um, yeah, talk. I guess I can talk and, and ask, <laughs> do you want me to move into the other room and run the cameras for this show since you will be occupied?
2: Um, I was just going to keep it on the main one. Okay, it's okay. up to you.
4: I'm happy to do whatever. Um, Okay.
2: So I just sent that to you. There it is. Um, oh, you want to play right now? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, I just realized. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Um, I've been so excited about this show and I totally screwed this up. Um, he didn't screw it up.
0: It's totally fine. <laughs>
2: okay, well, there's a time that I need you to start it at that I forgot to send just now,
0: okay. you uh, can also just tell me right now
2: uh twelve fifty four
0: thank you okay okay right. so you'll you'll tell me when to start it uh yes okay yes see folks- sh- some shows edit their shows, <laughs> but honestly i don't like that I like that you heard all of this because this is a, this is what happens and it's just what happens on shows, man. Yeah, we
3: didn't do that forever, man. This but, is
0: this is live radio.
3: Well, first, uh, I'm glad it is now because yeah. like the first several episodes, I mean, spoiler alert, a couple, yeah, we not were, too It many. was it was edited, and yeah. so it just it didn't feel it felt like we could mess up and then just start over if we wanted to. Which but and, I like this.
0: Well, and to be honest with you, I did that on purpose. You all right, Bev? That hurt right. oh. I did it, I did it on purpose because I wanted us to get comfortable, okay working on the radio and comfortable with each other, and it was mainly just editing out the ums right because there were big pauses yes. and yes. It just radio's not easy, it takes time, yes. and so you edit all that stuff out, and then now now we 're okay with ourselves <laughs> now we're pretty decent, yeah, yeah. right Taryn, are we ready and, and
2: speaking of which uh, I just sent you the actual time and I realized I, ch- I, I changed my timeline around.
0: Okay, that's so, all right.
2: Okay, so there's a new time. Same video, but different time. Okay, anyway, let's start this. Uh, oh, so, so, whoa. A couple episodes ago, I took you guys through the early history of the Disneyland company um, up until Disneyland was built. And I just want to take this opportunity really quick to remind you guys that my intention with this series of episodes is not to give you the history of Disneyland. Um, as, this one specifically is not the history of Disneyland. It's, um, that's pretty much, I think, what our podcast is. Yeah. And it, well, not all of them, but our history episodes are the history of Disneyland.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, so this is actually uh, a focus on the history of the Disneyland company, um, during, or the Disney company during the time that they were building Disneyland. So I just wanted to remind everybody of okay, that. Okay, perfect. Um, so Raleigh Crump, we all know him, uh, once described Disneyland as a salad. He says, you have croutons, garlic, oregano, uh, you have lettuce and you have tomatoes, uh, and that represents Disneyland. Other theme parks are just lettuce and tomatoes at Disneyland. Everybody likes something in the salad and I thought that was an interesting way to look at Disneyland because it 's true. Uh, you mm-hmm. know other other theme parks are just you know one or two things, and hopefully you like them but Disneyland everybody likes something there, so That's I really true. really liked that uh, that analogy. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast, uh, it's probably a safe bet that you have uh, been to Disneyland, are planning to go to Disneyland, or at the very least you want to go to Disneyland. Yes. Um, well, here's something that I want you guys to think about. Um, the place that we all love and cherish, uh, that we talk about, uh, when Walt first or that whole thing didn't almost exist. It, it, Disneyland itself almost did not happen at all. hmm When Malt first approached people with his idea to open a theme park, uh, he was hit with a lot of criticism. Uh, People said things like, you're wasting your money on things that won't generate revenue. Fancy landscaping is ridiculous. People will trample the flowers. You can't operate an amusement park year-round. Interior details of the restaurants are too expensive. Custom rides are too expensive. Stick to what you know. No economic reason to build a castle. Customers won't care. These are the things that he was hit with. Uh, Thankfully... Walt was confident in his his idea, and he wasn't going to let naysayers stop him. So our story begins in the first quarter, the first business quarter of
0: 1952. Okay. Go go way back.
2: We're going way back. Uh, Walt Disney Productions is booming. Uh, Mickey Mouse is a household name. Uh, The natural lull in business due to World War II has ended. Uh, Several films are being nominated for Academy Awards. Some are even winning. Things are great for this company. It's been no secret that uh, Walt is always looking ahead. Um, It's—I don't think it's that he's not happy with the success that he has. It's just—it's. Um, I think it's more that he gets bored. Right. He—he's—he just doesn't want to settle for for what's great, you know. Um, he—he he doesn't, I think, want the brand to get boring. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling he sees that in other brands, and he doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. Uh, but either way, he's ready for something new. So even though things are great, he's ready for something new. Um. According to Walt Disney, uh, his idea for an amusement park came to him while he was sitting on a bench at Griffith Park watching his daughters on the merry-go-round. Walt envisioned a park uh, where his cartoon characters could come to life and interact with guests, where rides were unique, uh, and sanitation and presentation were priorities, where details mattered, and where young and old alike could have a wholesome, fun time together. So he got to work. Originally, Walt thought that this park could be on the Burbank Studios lot. Uh, As his mind wandered, however, it soon became clear that eight acres wasn't going to be nearly enough for this kind of this vision that was sort of forming in his brain. Yeah. Um, Walt began to imagine that visitors would would walk down an old fashioned American Main Street towards four distinct areas, uh, each of which would offer a different escape from reality. And, of course, the entire thing would be surrounded by a full-size train. Of course. Uh, he wanted to create a true American euphoria. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with this idea in tow, Walt is ready to find the money to make it happen. So this is where the story really begins. Uh, uh, in, uh, in late 1952, Walt forms WED Enterprises and Rett Law to help finance his idea for Disneyland. So we've heard this story before.
0: Yeah, that's, the, that's what everyone knows. Every- or at least not everybody, but that's right. the, the story that's passed out, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, so it, it, basically it's better to separate the park from the production company, especially since he wasn't getting um, the full support from the production company anyway. Right. Uh, well, it turns out that there's actually a lot more to this story than you would find on Wikipedia. I always thought uh, that Roy didn't like the idea of Disneyland. Um, or more to the point, spending so much money on such a risky concept, uh, but kind of went along with it anyway and helped Walt find financial
0: backing, yeah because he was the money guy for the for the company at the time, right I think right, and yeah. so you know that makes sense. it makes financial sense well we 're not really you know, let 's question your motives real fast, not your motives, but let 's push back on your idea because that 's a lot it 's a huge investment
3: fiscally ir- irresponsible to right. build something of that magnitude yeah out.
2: yeah well that 's not really the case um in fact, in all of the research that I've done for this podcast over the years, I've never heard anything about the brothers being in true opposition of anything. so we know that that Roy kind of wasn't into this idea, right, right. but he goes along with it, so you kind of think like, well, he couldn't have been that against it, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the only thing I, I can I, I've ever really heard for sure was when we were talking about the gold leaf spires on the castle, right where Walt wanted to do it, and Roy said no, they went on vacation and Walt just did it anyways, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of.
2: Right. Um, and, and at the very least, I think a lot of these articles that we read, they kind of sugarcoat the whole, the brothers. They're, they're brothers. They're, you know, arm in yeah. arm all the time. Yeah. It's not really the case, um, at least during this time. In reality, uh, this was actually a really huge turning point in both of their lives, uh, both personally and professionally. Roy opposed Walt's idea for the theme park. Uh, then along with the rest of the board of directors of Walt Disney Productions, he actually blocked Walt's pursuit of conventional financing. Wow. So the guy in charge of financing is refusing to help Walt finance this project. Mm-hmm. And actually, and Walt doesn't know this stuff. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> not his forte. We already know that.
5: Yeah.
2: Um, in fact, when Walt asks him for company funds for the project, Roy offers him $10,000. This was intended... <laughs> And received as an insult. Right. Um, Walt. Uh, deter- here's,
0: here's 10 grand.
2: Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> really? Go buy some, like, envelopes yeah. for the, with the company name on them. Right. Like, what are you going to get for 10 grand? Um,
4: well, if it's the 50s, so that's what, like, $4.6 million. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he
0: built the park for 15 grand, right. so really, Roy is <laughs> the hero. Right. Yeah.
4: I think we should all just take
2: a minute and applaud Roy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Walt, determined, desperate, and resourceful, decides to borrow money from his family's insurance, uh, his family's life insurance, and forms WED and Retlaw to merchandise the name Walt Disney. So WED is Imagineering before Imagineering is, existed. Right. Essentially, um, all the sketches, models, ideas, rides, etc., are conceptualized and later created under this company. With the formation of WED, Walt is essentially cutting out Roy, the corporate board, and his wife Lillian, completely out of the Disneyland project. Hmm. Wow! They have they can't even touch it
0: because because Disney because Walt is contracting WED to do it, and the board doesn't have governance over over right. that decision. It's
2: his company. It's okay. Two separate yeah. entities, right? Yeah, right. He okay. has full. Yes, exactly. Uh, Retlaw,
0: sneaky, mm-hmm.
3: brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Both, it's both <laughs> surprising for Walt to make a decision like that.
0: He, he, he was so confident,
2: determined. Yeah. yeah,
0: and you hear people wow. sometimes go, "Oh, Walt wasn't a genius. He oh. was just, he was just, you know, he in the right place at the right." No, no that's a, a that's genius. a sound move. That is a genius move. Yes, it is. It just it just is. I mean... It
4: seems like he was a little spiteful, too. Like, just a bit. Oh, You yeah. can't do he's, this, then. He's a little
2: angry. <laughs> sure.
0: Watch me. Um, Watch me exactly. not do it.
2: So, aside from WED, he also creates Retlaw, Law. Um, and this was created for Walt to obtain approximately 5% off the top of virtually every piece of Disney merchandising. So, every merchandising deal, he gets 5%. And, and as we know, this was a booming industry, right, yes. at this time. Yep. So creating retlaw was a particularly bold move for Walt. Um, not to mention a bit of a slap in the face to Roy mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest of the board. Um, uh, he basically cut himself off from the rest of his family, and he risked annoying the Disney shareholders because Disney was a was a publicly uh, shared company at this Probably time. Publicly traded to that, yeah. Publicly traded, yes. Yep. Um, so he risked annoying those his Disney shareholders since it looked like he was diverging corporate funds into his own pocket. Right. Which is pretty much exactly what he was doing. Which is kind
0: of what it was, yeah. 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 Um sort of, I guess. It's no, shady I mean, maybe.
2: It's what he was doing. He yeah. was taking money from his one company and giving it to himself. Because they wouldn't give it to him. And
0: Well, but he but yeah, I mean, was, I don't know, was he cuz he was he he contractually was receiving funds for um you know uh, merchandising. merchandising
2: so it was for the name for his name. Yeah so things that Oh had so, his so name. the
0: Disney company was paying him under ret law for use of his name. Yes. Okay, got it. Wow. Yes. Okay, yeah then I see that. Yeah name. no, that
4: okay. man was a genius. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. That's not a, that's not but embezzling you can, is it? It's, no, uh, it's
0: not. No, because it's
2: it's his name because
0: he's he set it up to be that. So, wow. you know, it's it's all above board. It's all contractually bound. Like this is yep.
4: this Almost, is all totally legal. Like, I change it's so it. So weird, I, like money laundering. It, it totally does. It, does. it, seems, well, like it.
0: it, it is legal. because he's like, I know, you know, look, the money essentially I think he's going. The money's there. Right. So you guys are just messing me around. So, you know what? Forget you. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to force you. To give me the money that is mine because right. it's built on my name. So this is the legal way that I can do that. And I'm right. going to change everything. So, I mean, wow. I, I want to know who his uh, <laughs> his ad- uh, advisor was because this is amazing.
3: But it goes back to what we talked about in the last show is that once you have money, you start hanging out with people who have money. Mm-hmm. And they know how to continue to make money or to keep your money. Yeah. I mean, even though Roy wasn't on board, there had to be someone talking to his ear saying, "This is what you need to <sighs> I do." Yeah,
2: make some money, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Tell me about it. I
3: I, we need to get. <laughs> we rich would all first be so genius we if we all money. had money. Oh right.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so anyway, um, Walt and Roy they actually feuded for nearly an entire year about the formation of Wed and Retlaw. And during this time, they would only speak through their secretaries. Yeah. <laughs> um, on a side note, uh, around this time, uh, Roy was known for telling people the story about how Walt would often pee the bed they shared when they were little. Aw, that's Roy- so mean. Roy would say, um, he peed all over me, and he's still doing it today.
5: <laughs>
2: and Walt, Walt, uh, Walt agreed, saying, I peed on him then, and I'm still pissing on him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> This, oh. I mean,
2: like, can you imagine this situation? Like, Uncle Walt. Why is none of this on Wikipedia or anywhere in the internet? Like, these are the juicy details that we want to know, that is right? Great. Like, I don't know. It, I felt like I was like watching the Kardashians when I was reading this stuff. I was like, oh, wow. I don't know. It makes Please. me feel like they're more human.
3: <laughs> Please don't ever.
2: I just did, and I'll do it again. Ever
3: compare <laughs> Walt to any of the Kardashians,
4: specifically Chloe
0: keeping uh, up with the disney's yeah, I know.
4: <laughs> oh my i'd watch it i'd watch a marathon of that
3: yeah
0: i would
4: so
2: um considering where we're at today
0: i peed on him them and i'm still peeing on him <laughs>
2: <laughs> great
3: that's bad that's so good
0: but for a second that's a great personal pr that's pr mhm
2: mm-hmm. yeah. and i'm sure they kind of both knew that too. because
0: roy was saying it as a slam and and walt spun it in a positive yep, Absolutely. Yep.
2: God, he's so he he really there's is no so such good. thing as bad press, yeah, absolutely, so uh, so considering where we're at today, no. I mean, you guys can probably guess that the resolution to all of this drama um pretty much came almost entirely on Walt's terms, yes because <laughs> yes. the place got built um so in nineteen fifty three uh in March, the board of directors of Walt Disney Productions agrees to license Walt Disney's names for Walt Disney's name for forty years. They give Walt a personal services contract for seven years for three thousand dollars a week. That comes out to about one point oh nine million for seven. Three years. grand a week. Yep. <laughs> you and I just looked at each other like,
4: Whoa.
0: <laughs> that's yeah, that's a lot. Three grand. I don't even make that in a month.
4: It's three grand a week in 1953. <laughs> yep. <Wow>. nineteen
0: fifty-three.
4: Wow. One point nine million. <laughs> that's eighteen million
0: dollars. <laughs> yep.
2: Also, roughly five percent <laughs> a week. So, aside from aside from the the forty years licensing the name, thirty thousand a week. Roughly five percent of what the company collects from the use of Walt's name on anything outside of production. Mm-hmm. He also gets that WD Enterprises would design and build attractions for Disneyland Park and sell them to the Walt Disney Productions at cost plus overhead.
0: Hmm. Say that again.
2: So WD Enterprises, um, they're going to design and build the attractions for the Disneyland park, okay. but then they sell them to the to Walt Disney Productions at cost plus overhead.
0: Right. Okay. At so, cost. Okay. Yes. Okay.
2: So basically, WD can't really make a profit off of it. Yeah. Um, but they're allowing him to kind of keep this company. Right. This new deal caused three board members to resign, <laughs> wow. and the others are hesitant but approve it. So he won. Big time. Yeah, he, you know.
0: So, so he was saying, and I, you know, and I don't know if you if you would know this, but contextually, like, he, he, what is he saying? Um, you know, look, I know what I did. You know, maybe have been bold, so I'll tell you what. So you guys don't get you know super hyphy right now. Um, <laughs> I did it. I went there. <laughs> I left. We're in the Bay Area. What do we want? Um, so, so you guys don't get go crazy. Wed won't take out in a profit.
2: Right. Right.
0: So they can keep, he can at least keep his board head because he still has to do that. And he, right. maybe, but he knows he was kind of pushing the envelope a little bit. So he was like, okay, look, I'm going to just, we're going to slow down on this. And we won't make a profit at all, mm-hmm. but I'm keeping everything.
2: Right. And he okay. still gets his 5%, yeah. which he can put towards building the park and all this stuff.
0: Hmm. So okay.
2: he's pretty much getting most of what he wanted, but he is sacrificing a little, like little bits here and there. Okay. Um So at this point, Roy and the board of directors—they're back on board, kind of. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: <laughs> I guess they have no choice at this point.
2: Exactly. He's going to resign
0: from a cushy Disney board.
4: Apparently, nice. three, people. three people. Three people. Yeah. Um,
0: I wonder where they. I wonder where they went to
4: now. Oh, I was oh, liter- I was just thinking.
2: Was Let's
0: like, do a. Where I'll, are they now
2: on the three board these members? Who are you guys? Yeah. Like,
3: I think yeah. I saw one of them bagging my groceries today. <laughs>
2: probably. <laughs> um, so nobody's really, especially enthusiastic about this project, and many people think Walt has officially. Gone off the deep end, um
0: but yeah, well, he, blobber's in the chat, and he goes he goes he failed so many other times. Can you really blame him yeah, it's right. true. but at that point, you know he's been he's succeeding pretty, yeah. he's been succeeding for twenty years, right yeah right so exactly. yeah you 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 give him you give him some leeway if the guy's name is on the company, you let him do whatever he wants kind of that's well, just what you do,
2: or he's just going to do it himself <laughs> right so um oh, I lost my place um. Even though uh, Roy still disagrees with Walt, he stands by his brother and convinces others to do so as well, which is kind of how this sort of came about. That's nice. However, well, but this whole, like, stand by my brother thing, it, it's just not as friendly as as you would think, and it's not as friendly as a lot of the articles will make you believe.
0: No, history has a tendency to gloss over the bad and, you know, focus on the good, especially with a guy like Disney, you know? Oh, yeah, so definitely. I, I mean, I can see it, but it's really interesting that it's kind of not widely known you know, to me, you take the good and the bad. Right. And you take them both. There you and go. then you have the facts and of life, life, right?
5: Well, oh, my god! <laughs> I love you. I, <laughs> so, love you.
0: <laughs> I wish I knew the second bar or stanza or know you know whatever.
4: Stop it. Go, <laughs> grow, you know sorry, Taryn. I'm life. listening to you.
0: sorry,
3: yeah.
4: right. So am
0: I. <laughs> <laughs> um, As I read, it's from, it's from, it's from um, ladies, man. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: Who has seen Ladies Man?
0: Uh, right here. Oh my God. <laughs> the two ladies men. <laughs> yes. Am I right?
3: I've got my kvassi. Yeah. Any- I,
2: anyway. And <laughs> <as> I read. <laughs> anyway. No. Uh, so this agreement, back to, you know, the podcast. Uh, yeah, this agreement came thing. only a few months after Walt created WED. So Roy has not forgotten this. And Walt hasn't forgotten the initial $10,000 offer either. In fact, at this point... Even though the agreement has been worked out, Roy and Walt are still only on speaking terms through their secretaries. Wow. So don't by any means think of this as like an amicable business deal because it's not. Um, Roy, however, sees that Walt is basically funneling money out of Walt Disney Productions to fund Disneyland anyway. (laughs) And he's done it completely legally. So what choice does he have? Like you guys said, like he doesn't have another choice. Uh, He either jumps on board – or if he doesn't, Walt Disney Productions is at risk of a serious decline in profits. And since Walt's just determined, he, there's just nothing he can do.
0: I wonder how much of that was also, well, he's sacrificing everything we've built, plus he's funneling personal money into it. He has to believe in it. Right. So, uh, you know, he's been right... Since the 30s, let's let let's let's give him a break. I believe in him now. I wonder how much of that is that pushed
2: hard enough for them to be to take him seriously? Sort of. Well, I
0: I think anybody's going to take anybody else, especially a family member, seriously in a business venture if they're pouring tons of money into of their own personal money into it and spending money starting corporations. You know, you and I started one. It's not cheap and it's not easy. So it takes a long time and it takes a lot of money. So if you're willing to put your personal money up. I think after a while, other people are going to start going, okay, you're not just asking for a handout. You're actually, this is something you really want to do, and you're going to do it regardless, so maybe I'll help you and get a little taste. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So the bottom line is Roy's a businessman, and it's in the best interest of himself, his family, and the Walt Disney Productions Company to jump on board and make Disneyland a success. Mm -hmm. And so that's what he does. Uh, The next month, in April 1953, Uh, Walt Disney commissions the Stanford Research Institute to advise him on the best location for the Disneyland Park uh, and to perform an an analysis of amusement parks and public attractions. Uh, Just a note, the cost of this, just this research, is $32,000. That $10,000 wasn't even going to get them to Hmm. this
5: point, (laughs) which I thought was
2: kind of funny. Um, And I came across this really great article about Catherine Hull. I'm sure no one's heard of her, but... Um, she is the, uh, a Stanford Research Institute secretary who documented all of this research. Um, and it was such a secret project that she couldn't work during normal business hours. She had to stay, stay late and work weekends to type up the research that they were finding. Um, and she recalled in the article that, uh, quote, this was long before computers. So the work was all <laughs> right?
5: right. So the work
2: was all done on typewriters and, and everything would have to be proofed and came back for corrections. So she's doing this over and over yeah. again. Um, one time we had a large table of numbers. So they're doing Excel spreadsheets on a typewriter. I had never even thought that's about crazy. this.
4: Uh, I don't like want to think about that. <laughs> I, know.
0: that I mean, imagine awful. how, well, I, I imagine that, you know, they have like a, a ditto machine to like run the the grid, but still that's, you know, maybe yeah. crank down, right. crank, space over, crank down, space over.
4: My whole one. life <laughs> is control C, control V. <laughs> right. Right. <Exactly. laughs> what? This
0: well, is the, when people actually worked.
2: Yeah. yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. So she says, one time uh, we had a large table of numbers, and we had a typewriter that had a 30-inch carriage. And
5: wow. It,
2: right? Uh, and it could type out this whole frame of numbers. It was amazing. Every item had its own budget. And that's when I realized the grandeur of the investment. It was such a new concept that we had no idea how the public would respond to it. The people from Disney were much more optimistic about it. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was cute. It's just kind of one of those outside perspectives of, like, she didn't know what she was getting herself into sort of but right.
0: it had a, t- a typewriter that could type in a 30 inch space right in one wow
2: and she she was like basically the first person to know about this stuff mm-hmm. yeah outside of all the business
0: folk jeez
2: um
0: i'd love to see that ledger
2: yeah right yeah. um disney later commissioned the stanford research institute again to pinpoint a 100 plus acre area location in southern california so they kept using this company right not company i guess this institute uh in july 1953 Walt had his first meeting with ABC president Leonard Goldenson uh, to negotiate a deal for ABC to benefit from Disney's name and uh, inventory of films in exchange for financing what was then being called Disneylandia. Um, A deal was not reached, but Leonard was optimistic about the project. Uh, Meanwhile, in August 1953, Roy Disney meets with the Stanford Research Institute uh, to go over the results of the Disneyland uh, location survey. Of ten possible locations, an area in Anaheim along the Santa Ana Freeway is chosen. The one hundred and sixty acre Orange Grove, that's eight point eight White Houses for those of you keeping track of oh, nice. <laughs> uh on Ball Road is then purchased for eight hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars.
3: That is
2: insane. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. The first Times. the first hundred and sixty acres. Yeah. Um, So things are really starting to move along here. Uh, They've got the idea. They've got the big guys on board. And now they just need the money. Uh, So a couple weeks later, on September 24th... um,
0: Is that your cue to help me play the thing?
2: just get it ready. Um, Roy...
0: (laughs) Sorry, Taryn.
3: That's the cue to be ready for the cue.
0: So Taryn, so Taryn's reading, and she doesn't even make eye contact with me. She's assuming I'm watching her, and then she turns her her finger in a circle, like, you know, roll the footage. But that's not the cue to roll the footage. It's the cue to get ready to roll the footage. It's a pre-cue.
2: I needed to do the, the Wayne's World, the, like... Five, four. I needed yeah. to do that. Yeah. Really? That's where we don't... Or known <laughs> as... don't
3: say two or
0: one. Either. Yeah. Or known as the production. But yes, go ahead. Okay. okay. Anyways, you, you...
2: we're not there yet. I will point to you. <sighs> we're, we're
0: do me a favor everything. because it, it, we're not ruining anything. Don't worry about it. Just tell me when to do it. Don't point to me because I might not be looking because I'm also running the show. Okay. Okay.
2: So a couple weeks later, on September 24th, 1953, Roy receives word that there are prospective financiers in New York who want to meet next week.
0: That's my wife.
2: Uh, He contacts Walt, asking for a visual presentation to take. So two days later, on September 26th, Walt Disney discusses his plans for Disneyland with Herb Ryman. Go for it.
0: Play the clip? Yes, please. I wasn't ready. You didn't
1: tell me. of them all was Herbie Ryman. I was curious why Walt wanted to see me. And uh, he said, uh, Herbie, he said... uh, I'm going to do an amusement park. Roy has to talk to the bankers. We've uh, we've got to show them. We've got to show them what we're going to do. And uh, so I got excited, and I said, well, gee, I'd like to see it too. And he said, you're going to do it. (laughs) I said, no, I'm not. (laughs) You've known about this for several weeks. Now, why do you wait until Saturday morning before the Monday to expect anybody to do a good job. And he went over and stood in the corner. And and, and he, he kind of turned around and looked at me, and he said, well, he said, will you do it if I stay here with you? So, of course, Walt, as you know, was a very persuasive person.
2: <laughs> okay, you can stop it. Um...
0: Terence Sting.
2: <laughs> so... Uh... Herb Ryman, uh, over the course of these 48, 42 hours, the two of them create a 43-by-70-inch detailed aerial view of Disneyland. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So Walt knew about this for weeks, let alone for two days since Roy told him he was going to need this. So how And many, then he goes to... How <laughs> much coffee? <He> <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> and alcohol. $10,000 worth. <laughs>
3: Enough to fill four uh, White Houses, right? House. that
2: ten thousand yeah. dollars. I mean, uh, so the interesting part about this whole thing is that Herb Ryman didn't work for Disney
0: at the time. Okay.
3: So. This shows the genius of Walt because he
2: ha- he knew
3: that if you push people and you believe in people, they can do things that they never thought they could accomplish. Who who would ever think to do that? Yeah. So, you know what? Hey, you know what? This Saturday. Um, I have this thing in my head, and you're going to draw it out. Yeah. Within the next two days.
0: He's like, No, I'd like to see it. No, I'm not. Like, you're going to do that? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. What are so you so crazy? Then he goes
3: sulks in the corner for a minute.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. I like how he turns around. A <laughs> yeah, he thing, I know. <laughs> and
5: then, right. Well, uh, I'll do it if you do it. Yeah.
0: Right. yeah. I, I, I p- part of me wishes that he literally go, went and stood in the corner like, a, like on timeout, like right. a gun, like just no. You know what I mean, and then, and then, like and he then put on punishment. Yeah, and then turned around and was like,
2: "Can I come out? What now? if I stay with you?" <laughs> right. Which also come was out of really... the
0: corner, get in the get in the bed with old Uncle Herbie. It's fine.
2: <laughs> Did he think he wasn't gonna stay there with him? Like, hey, here's my idea. I'm gonna go take a nap. Like,
0: <laughs> well, and, and and I think the genius of Walt is how he dealt with people, as we've talked right, about on the shows absolutely. before. Um, he knew how to wrangle people, so I wonder. And this is never going to be proven for sure. But uh, if he was going, he was planning on staying with him anyways. But right. I think part of the trick in managing people is making them think it's their own idea yes. or that they're getting something. Mm-hmm. So instead mm-hmm. of going, hey, we're going to stay here <laughs> like and, I, and I'm going to stay here with you and we're going to do it. And he's like, right. no. But if you the, yeah. when you introduce that option, yeah. then I think it becomes a much more powerful gesture because you as a manager are acquiescing. You're saying, yes, I realize I'm putting you in a bad spot, and so we'll suffer together. Instead of saying it all up front, it's yeah. music. It's
3: directing. It's a magician's trip. Yeah. That's exactly what it it's
0: is. funny. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Herb Ryman did not work for Disney at this time, uh, which I thought was just hilarious that he convinced this guy that he doesn't even work with. Um, he had left Disney, uh, Walt Disney Studios nearly 10 years earlier to work on a few films with 20th Century Fox, um, but... As Herb said himself, Walt is a very persuasive person.
0: But it it is Herb. It's not er, Herb. It's like Herb, er, herb is. It is your English thing. <laughs> of, or no, it's the other way around. But it's not like the herb. It's Herb. Herbie herb. is Herb. Like yeah. Herbie.
2: Okay. Yeah. Herb. Herb. Uh,
0: that's why the. That's part of I think why the English just call them herbs. They don't call them herbs.
2: That makes sense. They're herbs.
0: Oregano is a herb.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. I anyway, like okay. Please continue. So, as
2: Herb said, <laughs> <laughs> said himself, Walt is a very persuasive person, um, and not only did he create this presentation piece, but he also signed on to work for Disney once again. Nice. Yeah. Whoa.
5: That's my word. There's an
2: echo in this room. Um, so Herb uh, had a keen eye for aesthetics. Uh, he was also actually
0: ga- go back to Herb. I like it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was also the guy who flipped the castle around. So oh, really? Have you, guys, you guys, I think, have heard this story yeah. before. So a big group of Imagineers were standing in a boardroom. This is later on a little bit. Um, hmm. We're standing in a boardroom with the model of Disneyland sitting on the table to present to Walt. Uh, Herb walks in, sees the castle, and goes, ah, it doesn't look right. He picks it up and turns it around, and the group is panicking, and they're like, stop it. Put it back. Walt is going to walk in. He's going to be mad. And, you know, I just see these, like, these mm-hmm. little engineers at the time. Um and Walt walks in, of course, and everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Uh, and he goes, huh, I like that.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was it. That's how it stayed. So <laughs> he just he had hmm. a keen eye. Uh, I guess
0: I could see why it would be facing. So, like, the drawbridge is on the other side towards Fantasyland?
2: Um, no, no. So the drawbridge stays, but the castle itself, what they modeled it after, is actually the other way.
0: Which makes no sense. Oh, I thought you were saying that, like, the trellis... The opening, as you walk into it, is facing Fantasyland, and he literally just turned that around.
4: So if you're walking into Fantasyland, you'd essentially be walking in the back door. Yes, yes. yeah, that's, that's what you are now. Yeah. Stupid.
3: Well, especially since before they did the remodel to make it medieval, the uh, Fantasyland all looked like the inside of the castle from the movie Sleeping Beauty mm-hmm. with the flags and everything. So mm-hmm. it didn't, it didn't make that. any sense. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it works
2: um so uh herb also went on to create the designs for Main Street USA uh Sleeping Beauty Castle uh New Orleans Square he also contributed concepts to Jungle Cruise Pirates of the Caribbean and attractions uh uh featured at the 1964 uh new new wow New York World's Fair including Great Moments with Mr Lincoln mm-hmm. so he he's a pretty important dude um so anyway Monday morning September 28th 1953 they got it done Uh, Roy takes the drawings that Herb and Walt worked on and a six-page portfolio to New York to show investors the plan in order to secure financing uh, used to develop Disneyland. Unfortunately, this doesn't go very well and no deals are reached. Uh, While in New York, uh, Roy meets uh, with CBS TV executives who, it turns out, are also not interested. Similarly, NBC's parent company, RCA, while intrigued, stall in making a commitment. The potential investors... Just aren't seeing the vision, much like the original board members. Um, They just don't see how this can be a lucrative investment. Uh, However, having already had an initial conversation with Walt, ABC's president, Leonard Goldenson, does see the vision vision, and eagerly agrees to a deal. The final agreement includes a $500,000 investment from ABC Paramount, a guarantee for $4.5 million line of credit, in return, for thirty-five percent interest in Disneyland Park, Ooh. wow, and a weekly one-hour TV program with Disney film and production uh, for TV. ABC will pay Disney five million dollars per year for TV programming over the seven-year contract. Nice.
0: Wow, five hundred million.
2: No, five no, million. Five million. Oh, okay, five, five million. 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 Yeah. But right. either this is a, this is an enormous packaged deal. Yeah, like, even for now, like mm-hmm. this doesn't happen today. It didn't happen then. This is. This this is is
0: the, well, this is the golden age of television, right? Yeah. yeah, that's what exactly what this is. People had four channels, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah, it, it's, and radio. It,
2: and and ABC was newer at the time, and yeah. and apparently they just had a ton of money, but they yeah. threw yeah. it all
4: at Disney. And also, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but that amount of money back then is so much more than what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, absolutely. At yeah, a zero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so by 1954.
2: The Disneyland shares break down like this. So, 35% ABC owns. Uh, roughly 35% ABC owns. Okay. Uh, 35% Walt Disney Production owns. 17.25% Walt Disney himself owns. Mm-hmm. Wow. And 13.8% is owned by Western Printing and Lithography Company.
0: Hmm. Weird.
2: Right. So, they are the publisher of the Golden Books.
0: Okay. Oh, and the Little okay. Big Books among yeah. others.
2: And in 1933, they gained exclusive book rights to all licensed Disney characters. Oh, wow. And for that reason, they basically became investors of this this uh project.
0: Wow. It makes sense.
2: And it w- it was not even necessarily like a question. It was just because they had this kind of tie. Mm-hmm. They just sort of became investors. So, um April 1954, it's it's time to start hiring people to build this dream. Um, one of the first hires was Admiral jo- Joe Fowler. He was a retired uh, rear admiral for the U.S. Navy with a master's degree from MIT in naval architecture.
0: So he was real dumb. Right. He's yeah. a stupid guy. Right.
2: Um,
0: stupid guy, coward. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. All of that. Uh, Walt was looking for a naval expert to help with the construction of the Mark Twain riverboat. But after seeing the tracked housing construction site in San Francisco that Fowler had been supervising, Walt decided to just hire, uh, hire him on to supervise the entire Disneyland project.
4: <laughs> sure. Hey, I'd like you to build this boat for um, Actually, yeah. I want yeah. you to build this park yeah. for hold, hold on.
0: I'm working on an estate right now. Oh. oh, you can do apartments? Hey, why don't you do everything that nobody's ever seen before? Right. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love that.
2: Yeah. It's it's just insane. So keep me updated. <laughs> right. right. Peace. Um,
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go try to find a, a petrified tree. Right. I'm off. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not right yeah. Now.
2: yeah. I got things to do. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so after on. Disneyland was completed, Fowler stayed on as general manager for the park for the first ten years and assisted with the construction of Walt Disney World. Uh, he retired from the Walt Disney Company in 1978, though he continued on as as a consultant. And I have a quick fact. Okay. Uh, the dock that. Why did holds, you yell it? Because I'm excited. Okay, Facts good. Facts are fun. <laughs> uh, the dock that holds the Mark Twain and the Sailing Ship Columbia uh, when they're not running, the one across from the Haunted Mansion. Yes. It's named Fowler's Harbor. Mm-hmm. And in Walt Disney World, there is a ferry for the Magic Kingdom named also in his honor. That's one of nice. the One of the ferries that takes you places. That is- um, in April 1954, Walt Disney officially announces that Disneyland will open in July 1955, in 15 months. So, I...
0: <laughs> Had construction been begun at this point?
2: No, okay. no. Uh, this right. is this is the beginning of the marketing campaign. He he knows he's going to be talking about it on TV. He's setting in motion the excitement of the project. But I think it's also possible that since, um, since there was still some resistance to this project, just overall, Walt is also sort of putting all his cards on the table and saying, look, it's happening... Now the public knows you can't stop me. We're, yeah. we're doing this, um, and also he isn't going to let this project take five years. He's he's anxious. He's motivated, and he's giving a short timeline. He, I, I think that he thinks that giving this a shorter timeline um, is going to motivate them and hold them accountable, just like yeah. he did with Herb.
5: Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Like
2: if you have two days, we're going to do it. Yep. If you have a week, we might dilly, dilly dally on different things. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of my theory.
0: So he so. Uh, Part of the reason, I don't know if part of the reason or part of the motivation behind that package from ABC about saying, you know, hey, you have to do an hour show. Do you know if Walt did that specifically, uh, like if if Walt negotiated that as a as a as a way to advertise for 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 Disneyland? I know that's kind of the lore, and so I don't know if you was... ran, ran across whose idea that the package was every Sunday. Walt coming yeah. on TV.
2: I didn't see. I didn't see that the, and I don't know if that's information answer,
0: out there yeah but
2: from from what I read, it seems like it was kind of a two-way road. It was mm-hmm. like Walt Disney's also already this famous guy. Mm-hmm. ABC's kind of new. They're kind of melding these two things. ABC sees this as a good thing for them because they're gonna get people watching their uh, network but but the, but Walt Disney also sees it as like well now I can I can show people this thing that I'm doing. So I think it was it was very much a two way road. I feel like that was probably the easiest part of their negotiations.
0: Mm, yeah.
2: Um, but no, there wasn't really a whole lot of like staunch uh, facts,
0: like solid facts. Solid facts. I mean, yes, it's, it's a right great me. idea. You know, uh, hey, you're going to invest in my thing. You're giving me a public platform that hardly nobody, hardly anybody has at the at the time. I'm going to use it to just market the thing that we're both invested in.
2: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense smart. for both of them. Yeah, it is smart. And people are excited about it, mm-hmm. of course. So um, so one month later in May 1954, Walt takes ABC's suggestion and changes the name um, of Disneylandia uh, to Disneyland. Thank goodness. Yes. Yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> Disneylandia doesn't really roll off the tongue. All no, all.
2: it's awful. Uh, meanwhile, key Disney staff members begin touring major American amusement parks learning what not to do, <laughs> which I thought was interesting. I never really thought about that. that you know, somebody's got to go and mm-hmm. be like, "Oh, don't do that." And
0: and and honestly, just real fast, what a what a shift it is, I think, for people to build. Okay, you're building a theme park, essentially amusement park. There's other amusement parks in the country. Instead of saying go and figure out what we're going to do, it's what not to do. And yeah. it, what what a yeah. cultural shift! in already you're going to point out negatives, so you make sure that we're not going to do this and this and this. Right. Right. Not what are we going to take from other parks because we're innovating on our own. There's, like what a cult, what a managerial cultural shift. Yeah, in the company,
3: it's, it's actually it's really surprising to me that they, if you look at what was going on back uh, back then, you look at a lot of the theme parks. A lot of them were the. Um, more of the beach kind of theme parks, Mm -hmm. that they took nothing from from that for Disneyland. And then when they get to California Adventure, they take so much of that for the whole Paradise Pier and everything. So, I mean, even them deciding, you know, what they're doing with this is not working well, Um, you know, it was great that Disneyland didn't incorporate it. And then they say, well, what they did with that didn't work well, now we'll make it work well for ourselves. So it's just, is fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating, you're right, to... I've never heard of someone going in there and saying, okay, what are they doing wrong
0: and make sure we don't do that. Yeah. It's like, it's like you open a restaurant and you go, go to every restaurant in town and tell me what not to do. Nobody (laughs) would say uh, that. Everyone would go, everyone would go in and go, this is what you would do. You would go in the, go to the top five restaurants, go on Yelp, give me the top five restaurants and go and see what we can copy from them. Yeah. What do they do well and how can we improve? But that's that's not innovation at all. That's just copying other people what they're doing wrong. Right. Anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just, that's okay. That kind of stuff, man, managing is it, amazing, inspiring. It, it's very interesting to me. And mm-hmm. Walt was—he was great. He was a king at it. Mm-hmm. He just was. I know.
2: I wish he had written books on managing or something. I wish um, he had
3: too. As a manager, I wish he had too.
2: Right. Um, so what? About a month later, on July sixteenth, nineteen fifty-four, the first orange tree is removed, and excavation at Disneyland has begun. Nice. So there it is. Um. Three months later, on October 27th, 1954, the ABC network airs the first Disneyland TV show. Approximately 30.8 million American viewers watch the show. It's pretty big numbers.
0: Do you know how many people, I think you know, guess how many people watched the Disneyland 60th special? Oh, I don't know. How
3: many was it for that?
2: This was 30.8 million. (laughs) Two people. (laughs) Me and Jason. (laughs)
3: 73?
2: 73
0: million? Yeah.
4: How many people watched that? 30 million? Point 0.2. Point 0.8. Point 0.8. I think, I think closer to 50 million. 6 million. Are you serious? Are you kidding
0: me? 6 million people tuned in to the Disney 60th special.
4: Wow. Re- wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. That actually makes me super sad. Yeah. Keep in
0: mind, 1954, you had less people.
4: Yeah.
0: You had less TVs. Less to do. People were less connected. There was no internet. And I don't know if it was streaming because we watch it streaming, so yeah. I don't know if we counted or not. But you, you had you had less preoccupations, mm-hmm. and you had how many times? Five times or the more more people tuning in for this than the sixty. I don't know. Wow. To me, that just shows. How no one ca- no one cares about TV specials anymore. Stop doing them.
5: Yeah. Stop it. Wow. Or
0: that is surprising. If, if the, yeah, and if they would have shown like a lot of the historical footage and a lot of the old Disneyland programs that they showed, yeah. more people would have been engaged. I guarantee yeah. you. But no one wants to see dance numbers. Sorry, or. nobody wants to see it. I don't care, Grandma. Not I'll go anymore. to bed.
4: Or they could have just done something really well and had you know maybe six pe- million people watched it, but they would all be saying what a great thing it was. Right. Mm-hmm. And now you, instead you have six million dollars. Million dollars. Million people saying, meh. Right. And so that, next time, three million people watch yeah. it. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> of all the people we've talked to online and just in person, one person has said they loved it out of maybe 25 or 30 people. Wow. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. Just, yeah.
2: Um, so then, uh, so that was October uh, 54, and then during the early part of 1955, the Disneyland show... Uh, airs a couple progress report shows on the construction uh, and things like that. They include in one of these a model of the Jungle Cruise attraction where they give a dry run along the bare earth route. -hmm. So they're getting kind of this kind of inside scoop. It's pretty neat.
0: That's so cool. That's what I would have loved to see on the special, right? (laughs) Because I'm not trying to hunt on YouTube for stuff.
2: I would have rather them just replay these specials.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) all of them.
2: (laughs) I mean, every single one of them
0: from from the day of until the opening. Dave, actually, I would have rather them replay the opening Disneyland special.
5: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been awesome.
0: How awesome would that have Have been? I mean, watched that
5: thing.
0: I watched some of it. I don't care how terrible it is. Nothing, nothing can compare to. Uh, Adele, dezim Apparently, she forgot the lyrics to that. her own yeah. song, but they edit I think they edited that out of yeah. the That's West Coast why it feed. So bad, maybe for me. Yeah. I was like
2: what's wrong with her? She
0: forgot lyric. I don't know. It just who cares? Whatever. Anyway,
2: um, so How did you not know that song, right? Um. So by March, she let it go.
3: She couldn't hold it back anymore.
2: Uh, so, by March uh, 1955, ABC sells out advertising for the televised Disneyland opening show. This is like the Super Bowl. Right. This is, uh, and they sold it out four months prior to the thing. Jeez. <laughs> um, so, it's clear that marketing is working and people and companies are not only getting excited, but they're starting to see the vision and see the potential success. Like, there's this is no joke. Uh, March 29th, 1955... As we learned in our history of Disneyland railroad show, the at- Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad signs a five year contract with Disney, paying uh, fifty thousand dollars a year in exchange for the name Santa Fe and the company logo to be used on all Disneyland trains, stations, literature, etc.
0: That's the start. They're yeah. paying the-
2: fifty grand. That's like nothing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, to I mean, I guess to a railroad, I mean, at the time, you yeah. know, freight was king, but still, right. I think it wasn't as as big as the, the engine, the train engine was in the early 1900s. Like, no right. one, I, I think by the 50s, everyone had, you know, cars on the superhighway. No one right. cared, right? Yeah. But still, another smart move. Let's have somebody else pay to be in this place. Brilliant. Yeah. You're paying for advertising, but it's not really advertising. Yeah. It's just properly themed. Right? Right. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Um, so also right around... I should be
0: a Disney historian.
2: <laughs> you should be. Um, also right around this time... Um, Orange county uh, which is where Disneyland is located yes um they're having their plumbers and asphalt workers are staging a strike and they're threatening to delay the tight schedule of building Disneyland
5: right.
2: uh spoiler alert they didn't succeed hmm. at least in delaying it however uh they did uh the strike did force Walt to decide between working restrooms or working drinking fountains um, and he chose restrooms good call what did he say i d- I didn't include that because everybody knows it but okay. I don't know it i didn't I didn't include it, <laughs> he, said,
3: he said, well, um, he decided to have restrooms because he said, Well, people can buy cokes, but they can't yeah. use the bathroom in the street,
2: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah Again, profound smart, well, and then he got criticized for that, actually, because people said, well, he just wants us to buy cokes. Hmm. he just doesn't even care, right well. Did you not want bathrooms? I mean, (laughs) come on. Right, So anyway, um, it's July 1955. We are so close to opening day. Um, A couple of private parties uh, took place on Disneyland before the opening, which I did not know about. Uh, First, uh, on the 4th of July, uh, there was an employee appreciation party, which I thought was very nice. That was cool. What they deserve it. <laughs> uh, they built this thing in a year. Um, also, Walt and Lillian held their 30th wedding anniversary party at Disneyland um, on Frontierland's Mark Twain Riverboat. This was also before it was opened. Um, so then we're at uh, July 14th, 1955. This is three days before opening day. Uh, we, uh, the Casey Jr. Circus Train makes its first test ride. And as we found out on our show about aero development... The Casey Jr. train had a tough time with that 25% uphill grade. Yeah. Um, causing, I, think I, <laughs> I think I
5: can. I think I can. I think I can. not <laughs> um, <laughs> I did
2: it. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
0: I'm hungry. Um, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: if you haven't listened to that episode, you got to go listen to it. It's crazy. But uh, the, it couldn't make it up the 25% uh, uphill grade. And, it, and the, the first engine, the first car started to tip backwards. So what they did is they, they added lead weights to the front car just mm-hmm. so that um, they could temporarily open it on the 17th. So there we are. We're at the big day. We're at July 17th. Again, things that would not fly today. Right. right. <laughs> they like, absolutely. OSHA would be, OSHA would just like they have are. that whole thing covered. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly.
0: They pretty much do now. Yeah.
2: Um, so it's July 17th, um, and you've probably heard about Black Sunday. Otherwise known as the day that Disneyland opens its
4: doors. Um,
2: as most of you know, uh, this day was nothing short of a disaster. It was over 100 degrees. Uh, there were no drinking fountains. Uh, the <laughs> cement on Main Street wasn't fully dried, causing women's heels to sink into them. Um, and while it was. By made- the
0: way, women still wore what? heels.
2: Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. I it was like, also a smaller
3: park. I know, but it's amazing to me to think about that.
4: But right? it, was, it was a thing, like, you were going out. Yep. It's like
3: going to theaters back then,
0: yeah. Now, now it's a, uh, oh, I got my yoga pants on and my bra and my trainers, and I'm gonna be here for four days yep. drinking Starbucks. So different, <laughs> <Really> dude. Different. <laughs> so different.
4: Although I, I wanna- Not point better. Out that I'm pretty sure that I'm totally on board with this yoga pants, exercise pants in Disneyland thing. <laughs> like, it's something I'm gonna embrace. Uh, nice. we, we will not hang out with you. <laughs> don't lie. Yes, I will. You'll need my stroller to cart That's your crap <laughs> around.
0: I'll have a fanny pack. <laughs> I'll have a fanny pack. fanny pack. I don't need your stroller. And your kid should be wearing a fanny pack, too.
4: <laughs>
2: That's true. Moving forward. Okay. <laughs> uh, so while this uh, this opening day was an invitation-only event, um, many people were very excited about about it, and they were sneaking in over the walls, causing the capacity to be more than double what they had expected. Um, which, as you can imagine, caused lots of other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, there are only a f- these are uh, only a few of the issues that were actually talked about. There were actually many, many more problems on July seventeenth. Um, a couple of which were the main electrical cables to Fantasyland were mysteriously cut.
5: Hmm. leaving
2: guests stranded um,
4: for hours on various rides. By those jerks at Knott's Berry Farm. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Like,
4: who does that? How is that one that's not ever talked about? Exactly.
0: I wonder (laughs) if it was those jerks at Knott's Berry Farm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, Legoland. No, not Legoland.
2: So also, there was a natural gas leak in Tomorrowland, um, forcing the area to be roped off. You know. Um,
0: That'll happen, though. Right? Yeah, it yeah, happens it's everywhere.
2: It's not like people smoked a lot back then. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, at four thirty p.m., the ABC uh, television network airs the live ninety-minute Dateline Disneyland show, broadcasting the opening of Disneyland Park. An estimated seventy to ninety million people watch this show.
0: Again, it's the who watched? How many watched yeah. the sixtieth? Six. This Ninety is... million people watched the first one. <laughs>
4: That's like the entire population of the planet in the fifties, right?
0: <laughs> just yeah, right?
4: Close <laughs> enough, <laughs> man. pretty much.
0: Some people watched, watched twice. So yeah,
4: um, but yeah,
0: with less TV. I mean, they had less to do, and right, we have more right. distractions. But with less things, I just That's I don't crazy. know, man. It, it blows me away. It was an
4: event. It was.
0: Mm-hmm. An event. It was a big to do. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. So this this show also had a lot of hiccups. Um, even though they had been rehearsing this for weeks, but it's live TV, so there are wrong cues. Cameras were rolling before speakers were ready, mm-hmm. or speakers were talking before the cameras were rolling. Pretty much this day, everything was a mess.
3: It's, it's brutal to watch. It really is. It's, it's difficult to get through the whole documentary.
0: Mm. Just whole
2: the whole thing, thing is yeah. is awful. It's Black I'm Sunday. I'm gonna watch it. I'm uh-huh. gonna watch it too. Oh yeah, <laughs>
0: I'm watch it tonight.
2: Um, so the next day, July 18th, 1955, Disneyland. This is actually Disneyland's opening day. Just mm-hmm. FYI, this is the day that it actually opens to the public.
0: Yeah, um, they had the preview day before, right? Right. Yeah. So, Which uh, I don't mean to cut you off because I keep doing that all the time. But there was one of the things in the uh, 60th show that they, they replayed from the opening day. So the day before was like 28,000 people or whatever. And there were, that's when all the celebrities were. And so we were talking yeah. to, like you said, Dexter from the uh, Aero Development Show. Mm-hmm. And he told that story about how someone ran Sammy Davis Jr. off the road into right. an, mm-hmm. in the Autopia cars. But you got to see uh, part of, I think it was Walt, saying hi to Sammy, yep. pulling up in the Autopia cars. And if you look carefully on that footage, there's no middle rail. Yeah, yeah you're right. Because as, as Dexter was telling us, I think it was that show, um, they only put that in after Walt went to a similar ride in Santa Cruz. And saw that they had a guardrail. I think it was in the 60s they put it in or something like that. So it's just, you know, kind of the changes. Anyway, I thought it was cool. I I noticed that immediately picked up. I was like, wow, look at that. In about 10 minutes, he's going to be in a bush. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) It's fine.
2: (laughs) It's pretty funny. Um, So July 18th, Disneyland open to the public. It's open on this day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pretty much the same hours as now. Um, With general admission costing one whole dollar. (laughs) (laughs) Um that's for adults, fifty cents for kids. Uh the cost of twenty attractions range from uh ten cents to thirty-five cents. And the first two guests are Christine Vess and Michael Schwartner. And they are both given lifetime passes. Which I thought was very nice. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Um Are you still alive? Can I sign us in? I don't know.
2: (laughs) Unfortunately, uh the kinks from the previous day hadn't been worked out yet. Um a gas leak. (laughs) Forces <laughs> Fantasyland to close early.
0: Fantasyland now it's fantasy the roving gas leak. Yeah. Uh, um,
2: and shockingly, the Casey Junior train shuts down operations due to the uphill grade issue. So it's right around this time. Uh, carnival owners in the U.S. predict that Disney Disneyland will go out of business within six months.
0: I like no, how they're no. talking to carnies for <laughs> yeah, for, for, <laughs> the, for news and predictions. What do you think? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Sonny. I think that this Disney's Folly is going to be gone. Come See? It's going to be out of here. In the six months tops, I'd bet my life on it. I can guess you weight.
5: Wow. Like it took me a
2: second to catch up. With <laughs> Hence the delayed laughter. All right. Um Well, uh, in less than two months... In- <laughs> That took me a second. That's my (laughs) wife. (laughs) Uh, Less than two months after after the Carneys said all those things, Mm -hmm. um, it was September eighth, nineteen fifty five, when Disneyland welcomed its one millionth visitor, Elsa Marquez. On October fifth, nineteen fifty. Adele does he? (laughs) Elsa.
4: (laughs) (laughs) On
2: October 5th, 1955, even though it's not even finished being built, and after numerous setbacks, including labor and material shortages, the Disneyland Hotel opens for business on a 60-acre site next to Disneyland. Now listen to this. On the first night of operation, there were only seven rooms available for purchase, (laughs) and an eighth room being used as a reservation and lobby area. Like, why did you open?
0: So the lobby is a room. <laughs>
2: the lobby is a room, and there are seven <laughs> rooms available.
0: Because that is what, like what twenty bucks a room. That's over a hundred dollars <laughs> in profit already.
2: I guess it just seems so weird to me. Um, and and in fact, this hotel doesn't have its official grand opening until eleven months later, <laughs> in uh, August nineteen fifty six. Soft open, right? Like for a year, right? Right. Uh, However, they they did get things done fast because when it finally opened, um, the hotel featured 204 guest rooms and suites, and an Olympic sized swimming pool, 17 distinctive shops, a cocktail lounge, and several restaurants. So, I mean, they did that all in 11 months. I guess that's pretty good. But, like, why open at seven
4: rooms? Why not wait till you're at 20, 25? Uh, Yeah. yeah. So so did they open and just keep those seven going and then gradually add? add, Or did they not add any and then 11 months later be like, Check us out. No, they added
2: gradually, but just it seems so weird. It does seem weird. They didn't have anything. I don't think that
0: you can do that now because the safety issues (laughs) would be insane. Oh yeah. And plus, everyone wants to make a big splash, but I think he's already made it with Disneyland. So I don't know why not. Why not open it up? You you can you can make a couple hundred bucks. And I mean, but yeah, I don't know. Good question. Very strange. Let's get the Ouija board and ask. Well, yeah.
2: Um so also in 1956 uh on November 24th um actually until January 8th um was the first Christmas at Disneyland festival. Uh they had a parade and a concert. I didn't realize that Disneyland was doing that so early on. Yeah, neither did I. I thought that was kind of a newer thing, but it's always, there's always been Christmas at Disneyland pretty yep. much. So October 5th um but do they
0: know it's Christmas?
2: I don't know. Do they I know, knew you
0: were going to. It's Christmas. You can tell we record the second shows later because right. yeah. everyone's punchy. We're just falling yeah, out a bit. <laughs> it's like <Yeah>. a
2: downwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Continue turning.
2: Um, so on October fourth, nineteen fifty-six, Disneyland welcomes its five millionth guest. This is one year and one month after their million. That's crazy. That's, it is crazy. It's insane. I love it. Um, Then on December 31st, less than three months later, they welcomed their 10 millionth guest. Wow. So they went from 5 million to 10 million in three months.
0: So in 15 months, they hit 3 million guests? Yeah. Wow. I'm
2: sorry. What is it that those carnival guys were saying? (laughs) It's crazy. Right? Um, So let's skip now to 1960, uh, which was an interesting year for the shareholders of Disneyland. Uh, Walt Disney Productions buys out Western printing and lithography. Am I saying that right? Lithography? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, uh, So Walt Disney Productions buys them out, buys out their shares of Disneyland, and they buy out Walt Disney's uh, 17.25% share, and their seven-year contract with ABC runs out. Hmm. So now... Do
0: you know how much Disney sold his shares for? No. Okay. Um, That would be a good number to find. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. this that makes Disneyland Inc. a wholly owned subsidiary of Walt Disney Productions. Snap. Which yeah, right? <laughs> like, what is Walt thinking at this point? Like, I, I is he running around like I told you so? I told you so because
4: yeah. he did. <laughs>
0: like, he has to.
4: I mean, I think th- he was googling islands in the Bahamas to buy. <laughs> his I'm sure. He was. Is well, like they didn't so have
0: Google. It was Bing at the time. Oh, he was yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's calling his
4: friend Bing Crosby.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. He goes, it,
3: was, it was literally Bing. Yeah.
0: yeah, and he's like, I don't know. Get on Netscape. That's <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do. laughs> a
3: <Ass> prank.
5: <Yeah. laughs> um, Sorry.
2: that's okay. Also, in 1960, the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railroad Company renewed its contract <laughs> with Disney for a, a second five-year term, paying now seventy-five thousand dollars for the first three years, then a hundred thousand dollars for the last two years. <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody, tell me what I just said. Wasn't <laughs>
0: you? Oh, uh, to be awful. honest, I'm thinking about my being Crosby impression of my
2: We've lost it, everybody.
0: Sorry. Uh, it's, I'm tired. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: <laughs> the Atchison, Topeka, and Santa Fe Railway Company, they renewed their contract for $75,000 for the first three years. Oh, so it's more now. Now it's more. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's for the first three years. a awesome. $100,000 for the last two years. Okay. Um, wow. Yeah.
0: That's a big they jump. They doubled
2: it. Well,
0: more. I guess you got the numbers. Like, look, we have right. 10 million people in we a can year. Somebody exactly. else's name exactly. up there. Yeah, in three years, who knows how many people we Could have? Be the so let's Dole go. Railroad. <laughs> Dole Railroad. Dole <laughs> Railroad. I don't care. I'm Bob Dole. Ride my railroad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. You need somebody turn <laughs> off his mic. Jeez.
0: I'm Bob Dole. There's a, a pencil stuck in the, the front of. Sorry, go on. We are like riding
2: a paragraph railroad. from being done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I will what? tell you <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I will drive you around my railroad. I knew can't it was done. Can't have the Bob Dole rail without Bob Dole. <laughs> Good.
2: I I don't even want to. I feel like Nope, <sighs> do
0: it. I need I need I need you. On need
2: august twelfth, nineteen sixty five, this is ten years and two months after Disneyland opened. They welcome their 50 millionth guest.
0: 10 years later.
2: This averages out to about 5 million guests per year.
0: At that point, you you greet the 10 millionth guest. You you know what I would have done? Oh, I would have made Roy greet every millionth guest. (laughs) Right? And be like, hey, Roy, come on down here, buddy. Helicopter in or whatever you got to do. But the 10 millionth, I would have made Roy greet them. And I would have just sat back. Like, (laughs) how's that feel, buddy? Yeah. You like apples?
2: (laughs) Right. So in 13 short years, uh, Walt went from being seen as a crazy, idealistic nut job who couldn't even secure money from his own brother to the visionary and creator of one of the most profitable and highest attended theme parks in history. So next time you're at the park, take a look around. Remember that if it weren't for Walt's unyielding determination and pretty much his inability to accept no for an answer, yeah. then all your favorite things that make Disneyland the happiest place on Earth may have never existed at no. all.
0: It's true. That's absolutely true.
2: Yeah. And I will see you guys next time for the part three.
0: Wow. Taryn Epic, in in the true sense of the word.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: Thanks, guys. Good
0: job.
4: We do those, uh, I don't know, Ears Up Awards? Is that what we called them? <laughs> <laughs> we did. I don't know. <laughs> You're something. I yeah. Think of, well, I think that you're a strong candidate for. Yeah, absolutely. For best content or show or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, this no, categories is. Best put no her up
2: or I also, her. while doing this, I found a whole other episode for the show, but yeah. I don't want to say it because I don't want to ruin it. No, I'll tell you, you guys after. It.
0: Yeah, all the other podcasts will listen to it and do it first.
2: Yeah, they will. It's actually really no. neat.
0: I'm sure it is. Oh, um, all right, Bev. You so uh, for those of you who don't know, we've been going through the uh, the Main Street windows, all the windows down Main Street are all dedicated, or most of them anyway, and so we've been telling you a little bit about the people that are on the window. So Bev yes. is here with the latest installment. Who are we talking about today? Oh, we're going
4: to talk about uh, Wilson...
0: Phillips. <laughs>
4: <Yes. Yeah. laughs> I love them! Uh, Wilson Martin okay. also goes by Bill Martin. Okay. Now, it's unfortunate. This is a cool guy, and there is not a lot of information out there on him. Like,
2: Yeah, so I was going to... Mm. I gonna, know I, that he was part of it, and I was going to include him. And I was like, I can't find enough, and I couldn't dive deep enough no. with the time frame. So I was like, here,
4: Beth, <laughs> you try. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't get – I actually – there really, truly was not much out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, what I was able to gather is that he was uh, one of the first hired on, as Taryn was going through listing her fun fact guy. Mm-hmm. He was probably <laughs> hired on right about the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, born in Marshalltown, Iowa, June – of 1970, I'm sorry, 1917, moved to Los Angeles in 1937, graduated from the Los Angeles Junior College, and continued continued his studies in architecture at, um, now I'm going to butcher this name, C- Coulinard. Okay. That's C-H-O-U-I-N-A-R-D.
0: Okay, sure. Yeah. sure.
4: Sounds good. Sure. Uh, Coulinard Art Institute at and the Arts uh, Art Center School of Design. He, After school, he worked as a set designer for 20th Century, but he left 20th Century when uh, World War II started to serve as a captain in the U.S. Air Force, where he trained pilots and bomb raiders. Uh, following the war, he worked at Panoramic pr- Panoramic Productions and eventually returned to Fox as an, as an assistant director. Um, in 1953, right when Walt was... Trying to get things started, yeah he decided to give Bill a call. <laughs> of course he did. yeah well, I mean <laughs> totally random, just they on the website I found this on, they called it a surprise call
0: a surprise call, okay I
4: mean of course it was a surprise
0: Cause call. Cause why not? <laughs> yeah, right I
2: don't know, I'm still expecting Walt Disney to call me Yeah. 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 okay
4: <laughs> uh Walt was seeking his help to create the new theme park Disneyland. He accept, uh, Bill accepted the challenge and went on to contribute to uh, attractions such as Sleeping Beauty's Castle, Snow White's Adventures, Peter Pan's Flight, and more. Uh, when Bill first joined WED Enterprises, he and the other newly, tra- newly initiated Imagineers toured other amusement parks to figure out what they should and should <laughs> not do for <laughs> Walt Disney World. And I actually put a little note here in quotation marks. What a cool job. Like, right? I would totally go to other <laughs> yeah. amusement parks just to see. That's the best job. What's going. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is my favorite. There's a quote that I took from D23. And it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's from Bill himself. And he says, one of our first ideas for Main Street was a corset shop. Called the Wizard of Bras.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The Wizard of Bras?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
4: That was a real thing. That's amazing. Walt did not appreciate it. (laughs) So it did not happen, but I was like, that's amazing. Totally shopped there. Uh, Walt named him Art Director of Fantasyland. Among uh, his other contributions included the layout of each Fantasyland attraction and later the Disneyland monorail course around the park. He added design elements to the Carnation Plaza Gardens, Bear Country, New Orleans Square, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Haunted Mansion, and Autopia. You can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a stinker. There's always something. Uh, Uh. So in 1971, this is about 20, almost 20 years after he... Started with the company, he was named vice president of W. What? Sorry, vice president of design at WD Enterprises, overseeing the master layout of the Magic Kingdom of Walt Disney World. Uh, he his design projects included Main Street USA, Cinderella's Castle, um, the canal system, which cr- which I didn't know. The canal system which crisscrosses Walt Disney World's whole property. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know that? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Twenty seven thousand <laughs> acres. Cray. Wow. Uh he also designed various watercrafts, including uh the Admiral Joe Fowler, Richard F. Irvine Riverboats. Yeah, like that we're talking about. Uh steam launches and side wheel steamboats. In nineteen seventy seven, after twenty four years at the company, he retired. He did return uh, however, to uh, work on projects as the uh Mexico and Italy Italy pavilions for the Epcot Center mm-hmm. and the master layout for Tokyo Disneyland. Nice. He passed cool. away on August second, mm-hmm. two
0: thousand ten. Oh wow!
4: His window is located above the main uh, above the bank on Main Street. Okay. And uh, so, since I wasn't able to, <coughs> sorry, sorry, <coughs> <It's ours. laughs> since I wasn't able, Zitka, <laughs> to find a lot of information about him, I did find this quote from Marty Sklar that I thought. Uh, sort of added, since there's not a lot of information, mm-hmm. according to Marty, uh, what you need, in order to become a window, to, to receive a window, mm-hmm. number one, you can only receive it on retirement. Number two, the highest level of service respected, it's considered the highest level of uh, service respected achievement. And three, it has to be an agreement between the top individual park management and Walt Disney Imagineering, which creates design and concepts. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, so, it's, so it's not only management. So it's, it's, not just, it's
0: imagineering saying, yeah. yes, this person is truly. They deserve this. That's awesome.
4: That's cool. Like you have to do some stuff.
0: I'm going to try to sneak my name on a window.
4: With a Sharpie? Do you know that Steve
2: Jobs is, is a Disney legend?
0: Uh, he doesn't have a window. I think so, I knew that, but, but I, I I choose to try to forget that. I, I just
2: learned that today, and I was like, huh. Was fairly recently, right? I think so. I, yeah. I think so.
0: That's weird.
2: But it was sometime around the Pixar stuff. Yeah. All
0: right, right, we're time for the fact of the show, and then we're going to get out of here. It's another little long one, but uh, I don't know. I think it's cool. Uh, by now, we all know how Mickey Mouse was born out of desperation after the rights to Oswald, uh, the lucky rabbit, and most of Disney's animators were lured away by Walt's distributor at the time. But what we may not know is that Mickey Mouse was almost unwanted. The first two shorts that Oob iWorks drew for Walt did not hold any interest for the New York distributors that Walt showed them to. At the time you had to, you know, you went to New York for all this stuff. Um, it wasn't until a film called The Jazz Singer showed him that sound in film was the way to go. After this, Walt, Oob, and Roy spent hours in Walt's garage recording sound for the latest Mickey cartoon in production, Steamboat Willie. Their efforts were so welcome and caused Steamboat Willie to become such an instant hit that they went back and added sound to the first two shorts, which, of course, helped their box office returns immediately. So you can thank the jazz singer for Mickey Mouse, essentially, because uh, if it wasn't for that movie showing Walt the way of sound, I think he would have died out and Walt would have had to, I don't know, close up shop or come up with another character or something like that. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So uh, there you go. Anyway, everyone, I appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, Taryn, I think you did a great job. Thank you. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, we'll see you in the parks.